Would you welcome our own Pastor Colleen and Kendra? I want to call this message the big picture. We've got so many new faces in this church that I don't know if you guys know the big picture of what God's called this body to, but it's huge and ginormous and amazing, and it takes everybody to make this big picture come about. And so as I was just kind of putting my thoughts together and stuff, um, I just want to read to you what the Lord sees as our big picture, things that he has spoken to us, okay? Are you ready? All right. The big picture. He has spoken people from all over will come and eat from our fruit. That people from all walks of life will come in and be changed. That pastors will come and receive restoration. He's spoken schools, recording studios, TVs. He's spoken to us that we are the gatekeepers of this community. He's spoken that he will fight for us. He's spoken people from our past would return. He's spoken big checks will be written. He's spoken of a 300-mile radius. He's spoken a whirlwind that will separate the wheat from the chaff. He's spoken a harvest. He's spoken doubt, fear, depression, depravity, and self-centeredness will be blown away. He's blowing away hindering spirits, addiction, anger, malice, and sorcery. He's spoken unnecessary businesses will drop away and necessary ones will come to light. He's spoken our region will become attractive. He's spoken we will be in building projects till he comes. He's spoken let your yea be yea and your, and your nay be nay. He's spoken this will be a house of hope and healing. And God has placed you here. Say, you here, me. He's placed me here for such a time as this. Amen? And I want you right now to cast down every imagination and every thought that the enemy's been speaking to you that you don't belong here or you don't fit here because he's a liar. If you're sitting in these seats, you belong here and you fit here. Amen? And so we're going to cast those down. We're going to break that mindset off of you today in Jesus' name, and you're going to walk out of here knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that you belong at Passion Church for what God has spoken is going to come to pass. Amen? Amen. So the Lord has spoken. I mean, I, I asked Pastor Colleen, I'm like, man, pick out some of the most important things to you and Pastor that, that what the Lord has said we're going to do as a body. And the Lord has spoken, I mean, numerous words. Christian has been going through and um, typing up all of the words from the Lord from all of the years past. And it's just like unbelievable what the Lord has spoken in this place, what has come to pass and what has yet come, what our future holds. God is doing a huge, huge, huge work in Passion Church and a new thing. But there's a key here that the Lord showed me. A key to, I mean, there's lots of different ways, lots of different things that we're going to have to do. I mean, Austin sang it there at the end, submit. <laughs> like, there's a lot of different things we're going to have to do to, to all walk in the new thing that the Lord is doing and to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for this ministry in this region. But a key that he showed me is following your pastors. And I kind of want to just show you a demonstration how the Lord showed it to me. And so I'm going to grab onto the back of her shirt. And I, can, hard. I cannot see. I'm right here. I am her armor bearer. I am right behind her. I'm not looking at anything else, but I'm holding her back. 
and I'm just being led wherever she's going to take me. This is how we are to follow our pastor, just like this. I can't see anywhere that she's leading me, except for I can see, oh my goodness, there's a ledge there. Oh my goodness. To me, it looks like she's going to lead me off a ledge here. But what I don't know is that she can see things that I can't see. She can see that there's steps there. My pastor's not leading me off a ledge. There's steps there. So as we move into and walk into the new thing that the Lord is doing in Passion Church, there's going to be moments that it looks like, oh, where are we going? What are we doing? Why are we going over there whenever we should be doing this over here? There's going to be moments that it's uncomfortable. There's going to be moments that you might be fearful in what we're stepping into. There's going to be things that pastors do that don't make any natural sense whatsoever. But we are to follow them as they follow Christ. They're being led by the Lord in the vision that he has placed within them. And our job is simply to follow them as they follow the Lord. It's not for us to worry about over here, over there, anywhere else. We're just to follow them as they follow the Lord. When we step into this new move, like I said, there's going to there's gonna be a lot of things that are uncomfortable. There's going to be a lot of things that, that you look around and you're like, I don't know what we're doing. And then here's a really dangerous place to go. Sometimes you fall into comparison. And you begin to compare the new thing that the Lord is trying to do with old moves of God. Past experiences in the Lord that you've had. Or even worse, other ministries. The Lord didn't call us to look like any other church. He called us into a new thing. And so we're not going to look like anybody else. Our culture is going to be different. And it takes a minute for you to adapt to culture if you're new in this place. If you weren't raised up. The culture is determined by the pastors. They determine the culture because they are being led by God. God has different assignments for this ministry than another ministry. There's not one right way to do church. There's lots of different ways. Do you want to go somewhere? You want me to go into this scripture I've got? So I want you guys to look at. I want you to look with me. I want you to see 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going. I want you to see this and get this because so many, I'm in Mark, <laughs> so many uh, people fall into comparison. They look at other church, what other ministries are doing, and we don't have time for that with where the Lord's calling us to. If we're going to walk into a new thing, then we have to make space for God to do something new. We have to back up and say, you know what, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about where I want to go. It's about God doing his new thing, and we have to back up and make space for that. And I want you to see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 4. Now, are there, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Do you hear that? Differences Diversities of gifts, you all have different giftings. Some of you may even have giftings beyond your pastor. But guess what? You're to submit those giftings to your pastor. 
for your pastor to call on, for your pastor to use, for your pastor to train, for him to correct if needed. You submit those giftings unto him. That's what you do with them. You don't run over here and try to do your own thing. God has gifted you for, for this ministry to edify the whole body. It's so important that you, that you grab a hold of, yes, I've got this giftedness. We all operate in different things, different, different things that you can do that I can't do, different things that some of you can do that pastor can't do. And as long as we come together in this place, we submit those giftings unto him and say, Pastor, I lay it down, whatever you want me to do. That's another key to get where the Lord is calling us to go here. So diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Different administrations. Every church is going to administer differently. So it, it would be very beneficial for you to learn this church's culture and to adapt to it. Just adapt yourself into it so that you can fill the function that God has called you to fill and in this body. And how do they adapt? <laughs> you get, get with, get with like-minded people in this room, pray with them, serve with them, conform into it. You'll, you'll quickly catch, well, some things you'll quickly catch. Some things it's going to take you a minute because you may wonder, well, why do they do this this way? You'll learn, stick around long enough and observe. Well, and what quickly comes to my mind is when you're talking about culture, when we're in the world and we go into a culture, like my, my culture back in the day was the bar scene. That was my culture. And so I was able to easily adapt into that culture because I was with like-minded people. And so I wanted her to kind of expound on that because it's like when you come into a new setting and, and mm -hmm. you're trying to find a new church and a place to fit, yeah. you know, if you're setting back and you're not putting your hand to the plow and you're not um, trying to get to know people and you're not going out fellowshipping yes. with people, you're not going to adapt to the culture. Right. Exactly. And so I hope that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. It's not about what you want or who you want to hang out with. Did you hear me? Mm -hmm. It's not about who you want to hang out with, we are a body fitly joined together for the edification. So sometimes you have to do hard things. Sometimes you have to do things that are uncomfortable, but it's about him, not about you. And what we're trying to say here is get your eyes fixed on heaven. Get your eyes fixed on the plan and purpose that God has for this ministry in this region and infiltrate yourself into it. Get in here. Be a part. Fill the function that God has called you to fill. And if you don't know what it is yet, let me help you. See a need, meet a need. You see a need in this house, you meet the need in this house. And then the Lord will begin to reveal the function that he has for you to fill in this place. There are diversities of operations. That's kind of like the diversity of sub-administrations. But it's the same God with which worketh all in all. So Monday, Christian and I started listening to the book Undercover by John Bevere. It's, I, don't, I can't even count how many times I've read or listened to this audiobook. We finished it Friday. And there was something I caught in there that I had never caught before that John had said. He said that there are these different branches of the military, right? The Army, the Navy, the Marines, all Air Force, all of the... Did I already say the Navy? 
all of the branches of the military, okay? They all have a different assignment, a different function, a different way that they operate, a different way that they, administ that they administrate things. You hear what I'm saying? They all have a different way, but the same common goal to protect this nation. The same with the church of God. There's different administrations. There's different gifts. Every house is called to a different assignment, a different way to reach people. There are some houses that are just like booming with new salvations all the time. There would, they would be considered more like an immature church. But they're constantly getting, reaching people for the Lord, brand new. Mature. I mean, they're just salvation after salvation after salvation. And the Lord needs that. But then the Lord also needs a mature, a mature body, a place that, that you can grow and go deeper with the Lord. And there's different walks in your personal salvation. The Bible says to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So there's going to be different stages where you need different things. And so just like the military has different branches that operate different ways with the same purpose to protect the nation, every church has an administration in a way they operate with the same common goal to lead people to Jesus. So whenever you, where did I go with this comparison? <laughs> I was on comparison. I want you to understand that as we go into the new thing, I really want you to just grab it. I've said it enough times now, but as we walk into the new thing, don't compare to other ministries. Don't compare to past moves of God. Let God do a true new thing in this place. Don't be critical of everything that you see. Just put your head behind your pastor and just follow. That's all you have to do. That's really good, Kendra. Um, are you ready for me to go there? Go. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about offense today because I think that it's kind of, loosed itself in this body I'm not talking when, when we're talking we're talking to this body okay we're not talking about anybody else's body we're talking about this body and I think that there's been a spirit loosed in this body again you know I mean we it comes full circle and back around us again and so I really wanted to come and address this today um, that I want to talk about offense and this is a topic that I think that a lot of us don't like to talk about but it's a topic we need to talk about and so who's going to talk about it the reds are going to talk about it we're going to talk about the elephant in the room today. <laughs> but I want you to go to um, Luke 17, 1. And when I looked up the word offense in the dictionary and what it means, I love the meaning of this. It just so paints the right picture. Offense means a perceived, say perceived. Perceived. A perce perceived insult to or disregard for oneself and one standard or principles. So offense is a perceived thought. It's not even necessarily real. It's perceived. It's how you perceive it. I taught, um, I taught a message a long time ago on perception. And I gave the illustration of the giraffe. And what the giraffe sees is entirely different than what the turtle sees. It's their perception of what they, they both see. Now, I'm not saying that what the giraffe sees is wrong and what the turtle sees is wrong. I'm not saying that. They both see different things, but it's their perception of where they're at, right? And so it is with offense. It's a perceived, it's a perceived thought, okay? So as we go there, we're, we're going to break this down. It's going to get really super simple, and you're going to love it. 
I promise you're going to love it. You're going to walk out of here so free. So Luke 17, 1. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. So he's saying it's impossible. You're, it's impossible for offenses not to come. They're going to come. Say offense is going to come. It is impossible that it doesn't. So now you can sigh a, a good sigh of relief that, okay, it's impossible. It's going to come. So here I am. I have an offense right now. So show me how to deal with this offense, okay? Because this is going to help you throughout the rest of your Christian walk before you die. I promise you, okay? So hold on. So now we're going to go to, to uh, Matthew 18, 7. Matthew 18, 7 says, Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. So he told us that offense will come, but woe to the one who causes it. And when I'm reading these two scriptures, I kind of got like nervous. He already told us offense is inevitable. You're going to face offense. It's going to come. You're going to have to deal with offense, right? But then he says, not once but twice, but woe to who it comes through. And instantly, my heart started crying out to God, going, God, I don't ever want to be the person that offense comes through. So check my heart. Check my heart. Check my motives. Check everything in me that I'm never the person that offense comes through. You can be offended with me all day long, but I never want to be the person that is used to offend you. And I probably have, but you know what? I don't know. We just need to talk about that at a different time. <laughs> I told you you're going to walk out of here loving us or hating us. Um, so I want to go to, I got, a, I got a few scriptures. I love scripture. Pastor says I wear people out with scripture, but you know what? I mean, it is the word, and we're going to talk about the word for a minute because, you know, the word is what judges us. Exactly. So Psalms 55, 12 through 15. Write these down if you're taking notes, and then you can go home and you can study them because we're not going to break them down like real intense for you. Psalms 55, 12 through 15. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is, is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together, and we walked to the house of God in the throng. That scripture alone, David saying, you're not my enemy, we did things together. We did life together. We went to church together. We prayed together. We hung out together. We went shopping together. We went and got pedicures and manicures together. We did all these things together. And now we're, you're turned on me? That's heavy right there, Kendra, don't you think? Yeah. Every relationship is going to be tested. How you react is going to be on you. You get to decide. I'm going to probably have to skip here because um, I didn't put these actually in, in order of how I thought they should go. But the Lord's just kind of um, right here, Matthew 5, 24 and 25, mm -hmm. because we're talking about David said, you know, if you were an enemy, I could get it. If you were, yeah. you know, someone who hated me, I, I would get it. But you're my brother. You're, you're someone who I love, who I trust. Yep. Matthew 5, 24 and 25 says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. I love this scripture because a lot of times we want to put the, um, the uh, 
uh, what's the word I want? Help me with my word. We want to put the, um, not emphasis, the, the fault, but that's not the word I want. So it, it might come to somebody out there. We want to put the fault on the person who is offended. Yeah. That it's their place to have to come to me to make it right because, because they offended me. I didn't offend them. They offended me. And so they need to come to me and get that worked out. That's not what the scripture says. Scripture says that if you come and you bring a gift to the altar, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to leave your gift at the altar and go to your brother or your sister who has an offense against you. Get reconciled and then come back. He's talking about brothers and sisters here, the body of Christ. We're not talking about world. We're talking about inside the church. This is the place where maturity happens. Is right in here is where maturity happens. Today's message is a message of maturity, okay? Yeah. So you've got to grab a hold of this. So if you, have, if you know someone that has an offense against you, you being the bigger person, leave your gift, and you go and you get reconciled back to them. Amen? You go to them. If you have to apologize first, then you apologize first. We have to lose our pride. I think with, pro- with, with offense comes great pride because we want to be right. I want to be justified with how, why I feel I'm justified being offended with so-and-so. I'm going to give a really quick story. just happened. It just happened within the month. situation was brought to me um, that someone had a perceived n- notion in their mind of how I was about a certain area of ministry in this church, Okay. And they have the audacity to, and here I am, I'm using these words on purpose. They have the audacity to twist this thing that I don't care about that particular um, ministry in our church. It crushed me. It crushed me greatly because, see, I, I know what Kendra was saying, and it's absolutely right. But in this house, the reason this house is the way this house is is because Pastor and I have created the culture in this house. We love every ministry in this house, and we believe that every ministry that is instituted in this house is very valuable to the Lord. If we didn't, it wouldn't be happening at Passion Church, okay? And so this person had the audacity to say that we didn't care about this particular area, and and my heart was crushed. I mean, I was absolutely crushed. I started crying, and I don't cry. I just don't cry. And I started crying, actually, when this came to me. Like, how could this person doesn't even have a clue who I am then? If they really think that that's that's how we are, then they don't have a clue who we are. And so instantly, my heart, I mean, I was crushed, and I'm like, I am going to deal with this, and I'm going to deal with this before the night's over, because I am a confronter. Confrontation is healthy, people. It's healthy. It's not a negative thing. It's not something we shriek back from. It's something that we do, because it has to be done. And we do it in love, but we confront. If if Kendra hurts my feelings, and I don't tell Kendra she hurt my feelings, how is she ever going to know she hurt my feelings? Because Kendra can hurt your feelings. We have to confront. I didn't so, mean to. I'm sorry. And so I got on the phone, and I, I, and I didn't get on the phone. I texted because I like to have everything in writing so that I can go back and say that word that, I, that what I, they said I said. I did not say. It was, it was twisted, and I've had to do it on many occasions. And so I, I texted it all out, sent it to them, and um, they came back with things that weren't. They, they came back with whatever. And that they didn't say that that was misinterpreted and stuff. And so, you know, it's like, I love you more than I love what's going on here. So I forgive you. I forgive you for saying it because, and I'm not going to say this. I, and when I say this, don't hear this, that I'm, I'm being um, 
light about it. But I'm sorry for your ignorance in that situation. You just don't know. You don't know who we are. And, um, and so anyway, but, you know, it's like they didn't handle it properly. I did. I went to the, the person who I knew was offended to me, and I dealt with it. I got it out. I aired it. I apologized for my part in it. I forgave them for their part in it. What they do with it now is on them. It's not on me. Okay? So I think it's really, really important to say that it's on them, not me anymore, because I did biblically what the word told me to do. If I am to see them tomorrow, I'm going to wrap my arms around them and love them because I don't have, I honest to God can say there is no animosity in my heart toward these people. None. They just didn't know and they spoke things they didn't know anything about. With that being said, if there's anything that happens in this church that you don't understand, come to Pastor and I. We are the most easiest going people that you will ever find. He, him more than me, but we are super easy going. <laughs> And we will answer any question that you have. Why do you do this? We don't understand why you, why you have this and why you don't do this. And we'll, we'll, we'll answer your questions. You know, a question that's come to us, I'm getting off track a little bit, but one question that came to us and has come to us multiple times is, why do you all not do communion all the time? Does anybody in this house ever wonder why we don't do communion all the time? Raise your hand if, if you're, that's a question. Can I answer that for you? Would you like an answer, or do you want to sit there and, and waller in it and wonder why we don't do communion all the time? <laughs> the reason we don't do communion all the time is because we don't want it to become a traditional thing that we just go through the motions. So that when we do come together and we do communion, that it truly means something. Um, I think that we do need to do it more often, and we need to put more thought into it. But it's like, that's, that's the reason why we don't. It's not that we don't believe in communion. We do believe in communion. We believe in it more than Easter and Christmas, I promise. Um, and we will get better at doing that and stuff. But that's the reason we don't do communion. We just don't want it to become a traditional over, it, just the going through the motions of it. We want it to really be impactful when you take communion to corporately. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I like that you said that because you said we will get better at it. We're all entering into a new thing. Do, do any of you know how to go into something new that you've never known before? We don't know what the Lord's doing. We're just, uh, I'm sure pastor's following God the same as I was following Pastor Colleen with his head in his back. Like, I can't see the whole thing, but I trust you, Lord. As we walk into a new thing, there's going to be things that we have to learn. There's going to be things that we're not very good at yet. But as long as we all have a heart that says, Lord, yes, whatever you say, Yes, Lord, we'll do it. We'll submit to you. God, whatever you want, that's what we want. And we, we try to do everything that we do in this house with a spirit of excellence, not in a prideful way that, oh, we're so much better. No, but just like, God, we want to give you everything. We want to do everything you've called us to do with our whole heart and as excellent as we can. And whenever we mess up, sorry, I'm sorry, Lord. And guess what? His grace and his mercy over us as we walk into this new thing, he continues to pour out grace on us. And so will we get it all perfectly right every single time? No, we won't. We're going to mess up. You're going to have leaders over you in this ministry that hurt you and that mess up sometimes. And that's going to happen. And you're just going to have to learn how to go to them and to Guard your heart from offense and go to the leader and say, hey, you did this or said this and it really hurt me. 
and they'll tell you what their intention was. No, that was not my intention at all. My intention was not to hurt you whenever I said this or did this. This was what my intention was. And you get it right with that person and you move on. And that's another thing that you're going to have to take. And as we go forward and grow here, you're going to need to become good at that. You don't have to look at it so much as confrontation if you just look at it as go to the person and say, hey, when you did this, when you said this, when you gave me this look, it kind of hurt me. Did you mean that? Did, what was your, did you intend to do that? Like, just talk to them. It's that simple. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Go tell him between you and him alone, you and her alone. If Kendra hurts me, I am not supposed to go talk to Pastor Robin and say, uh, Kendra really hurt my feelings. Or I'm not supposed to go talk to Kel and say, you know, Kendra really hurt my feelings. The Bible says, the word I just read, it says to go to him alone. Between, make the matter between you, you and that person, right? This is the proper way of handling offense. This is the proper thing. Because, see, if I was to go to Kel and I said, Kendra, can you believe that Kendra did this? Can you believe that Kendra said that? I have the grace to handle this because it's my deal with Kendra. Kel does not. Now I've just pulled Kel into something that she has no business having the warfare on her mind. I have just now created great warfare on her mind. Well, number one, I'm not just her pastor, but I'm also her mother-in-law. And so it's like, how dare that girl say that to my mother-in-law? Does she not know who she is? Whatever, the, you know, I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there, you know. I hope this, I, I want this to be elementary, but I want it to be yeah. super real to you. And so it, the, the word's very clear. Take it between the two people. Yeah. Right? Right. Now go. Listen, listen. We're going to keep going. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. Mm -hmm. But if he will not hear, now this is what you're supposed to do. So if I go to Kendra and I tell her, hey, girl, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, you just don't know. And I think you're still stupid. And that was the dumbest thing you ever did. And I can't believe you did that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I went to her. Now she didn't listen to me. So now the next step is to say, is to take with you one or two more. In this situation, this is what you do. You don't go to Kel and Autumn and take them with me. Okay? I'm going to go to someone who has authority in her life to take yeah. with me. So I would maybe pick Pastor Robin and probably Pastor Lonnie. Yeah. And I would take them with me. And I would say, okay, this is the deal. I brought this to Kendra. I've done this the biblical way between her and I. And she still refuses to, to get this right <coughs> between her and I. So now I'm bringing in one or two more people. Let's get this right. Now Kendra has a choice again. And I, hey, I'm using you this, but I, uh, hey, you agreed. <laughs> and so she has a choice now. Can someone get me some water, please? She has a choice now to either get it right with me because I've now brought in one or two more witnesses to get this right, to see the way, the fault of her way, or here's number three, and I don't ever want to have to do this. <coughs> and if he refuses to hear them, y'all know what's coming next? Bring it to the church. Churches don't do this anymore. Oh my gosh. 
if this really was to go down and happen here, what would you guys think? I mean, if I came in on a Sunday morning and I got up and I brought Kendra up here and I said, listen, guys, I've done Matthew. I went to her and I told her, I apologize. Please forgive me. Let's get this right between you and I. But Kendra has refused to receive my apology. So I've taken it to my, my elders. I've taken it to my authority. And we come to her. She still refuses to get this thing right. So now I'm doing this biblically and I'm bringing it before the body of Christ. What would you all do? You would think that I was the most worth hurtful person ever that how dare I bring her up here and embarrass her like this but this is scripture is it not did I not just read this out of the scripture so let's just go so then what happens so I know I've now brought her before the body let's get this right girl I beg of you let's get this right Kendra please 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 let's get this right but if she refuses even to hear the church oh, then let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. <coughs> Who likes tax collectors in here? Even in those days, but I mean, even in these days today, we don't like tax collectors too much. But is this not biblical? No. Okay, go. Yeah. A lot of times, this is going to be in a situation of, of sin that you're refusing to get right. Oh, flavor, flavored water. I like redo. This is really gross. Where'd Matthew go? Was this a joke? I am greatly offended. Okay, well, good thing we're already in front of the church. <laughs> Got that dealt with. So here's your warning. You get it right one-on-one -on -one, or there'll be others brought to you. Or otherwise, you might be brought right here. You hear that, son? You might be right, brought right here <laughs> in front of the church. <laughs> Her, what? I'm just glad they could use me. Pull yourself together. <laughs> okay. No. No, this is our time, Pastor. It is your time. It is your time, but I do want to interject something right here. What they're talking about is the extreme, and this is people who are being pulled really into a sinful state because they won't allow their heart to change. That is so rare in a church for that to happen. But we're letting you know that these are the biblical principles, and it's not out of line when someone will refuse to the point of sin that they won't get something right to do that. Yep. I would say nine times out of ten, if it came to that place, that person's not going to stick around and be called before the church. Right. Yeah. And here's the deal. Let's bring this back full circle. God has called us to do amazing, huge, powerful things in this body. He said that we would be in a building project until he returns. Think about it. There's going to be huge things. There's more ministries of Passion Church yet to be birthed. And for us to go into the new, big, wonderful thing that the Lord is calling us to, we have to get things right. That's what this teaching is all about. You hearing it and knowing how to conduct yourselves in relationship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, do you ever stop and think about how relationships are conducted in the kingdom of heaven? 
How is their relationship in heaven? How do they conduct things in heaven? We're to bring heaven to earth. His, his will be done, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Conduct yourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven in your relationships. Um, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's not up for discussion. Um, Romans 16.17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learn, and avoid them. <clears throat> Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. We're supposed to be servants one to another. Yes. Yes. Psalms 141.3, I pray this all the time. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. <clears throat> Matthew 16.23, but he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. No, it's going on my throat. So talking about offense, I want to break down just some everyday circumstances. I want you to think of yourself, not anybody else. Don't think of somebody else who's offended. You're thinking of yourself right now, okay? Think about how you act. So two stages of offense. First, the feeling of offense. The opportunity presents itself to be offended, okay? Now, we're all human. We all have individual personalities, we all have our own points of view. We all have our own life experiences. We're not always going to agree. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to get yourself offended. Okay? So, step one, stage one of offense, the opportunity to be offended. Stage two, the choice to live offended. Or the choice to have a healthy soul and a peaceful mind. How long you stay offended is your choice. It's completely up to you. Here's some things to notice. Notice in yourself when you are most vulnerable to offenses. When you're tired, when you're hungry, you're stressed out, you feel lonely, you feel sad, you feel depleted, you're annoyed. Do your kids or your spouse do things that annoy you and it presents an opportunity for you to become irritable? And then offended. Notice those areas, those triggers that cause you to become offended. Your response, your response to that thing that is offending you, that thing that is making you irritable, that thing that's whatever it is, your response is your choice. When we're easily offended or irritated, we respond badly. You've got to correct that, okay? This is all of us. All of us in this room are working to perfect ourselves, right? We're all walking out our salvation. We're all, all, you know, a perfect sinless church is a church that says, God, a person that in their heart, God, I don't want to do anything to grieve your Holy Spirit. I'll do nothing to grieve your Holy Spirit. And then when you mess up, because the word says you will, because you will mess up, when you mess up, you're quick in your heart to say, oh, Lord, please forgive me. And you're quick to go to whoever it is that you need to go to and say, please forgive me. And then guess what? You're forgiven. And that is having a pure and righteous heart and a right spirit before the Lord. Why does offense come? Think about this in yourself. 
unfulfilled expectations. You have an expectation of someone or something, and it's not fulfilled, and now an opportunity to become offended has occurred. You expected, when you came into this church, for us to do communion every single Sunday, and we don't, and so now you're offended with our church. Or you expected the... I'm not going to say that. Okay. Unfulfilled expectations. Okay. When people don't behave like we want them to. Austin didn't play the song I wanted him to play during worship. I texted him and told him what song I wanted. <laughs> okay. When people don't behave like we want them to. That's an opportunity for you to become offended. Somebody didn't say hi to you. Pastor did not say hi to you on his way into church this morning, and now you're all offended thinking, Pastor, don't like you. Really. Notice your own immaturity. Notice your own opportunities to become offended. When we fall into comparison, I already hit on that. When you fall into comparison, comparing your journey in the Lord with somebody else's journey in the Lord or your church with another church or the move of a God that you've experienced in the past to what's happening now, any type of comparison is an opportunity for you to become critical and to become offended. So be careful about comparing things. I'm going to stop right there. Um, <clears throat> How many of you all want grace extended to you? Yeah. We all do, right? But how many of us are slow to extend grace to others? Whoops. And one thing she was saying yeah. that kind of triggered this yeah. thought is, if I've done something to offend you, I want you to extend grace to me. Right? And so we have to be yeah. ready to extend that grace to each other. I don't know what Steve has fought with getting even getting into this building today Pastor Steve he may have fought the hordes of hell even just to get here today and if he walks in here and he's kind of distant or not talkative or wants to come right to his seat and just to bow his head in his lap and then for us to have the audacity to say well Pastor Steve was quite rude today he didn't even speak to anybody. He came right in, went to a seat, and then as soon as service was over, he was gone. We do this. How many times after church do you drive home in the car and do that? We do it all the time. They don't do it, but we do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying is we have to extend grace because we don't know what one another has gone through. We don't know what everybody's weeks have looked like. We don't know what people are fighting because... Frankly, in this church, we like to keep secrets from one another. And um, Robin, will, she'll, she'll text me, did you know so-and-so was in the hospital or so-and-so was fighting this? Nope, didn't hear anything about that. And it's like, how am I to pray if I don't know anything? And so it's like, then that gets my heart set up to get offended because, well, why didn't they tell me that they were hurting or they were this or they were fighting, whatever? You know, this is how it happens. This is how simple and easy offense gets set up in our hearts, guys. I mean, it's so stupid that we allow the enemy to, to even get a little mm in there. That he, he gets one little dig in there, and the next thing you know, he has ripped that thing wide open and made this nothing into this huge mountain. 
We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this with what God has spoke to our church. And before we probably end, I'll probably go back to the things that he's spoken over this body again. We don't have time for this. This is a place of maturity. It's time to grow up and deal with the offenses in our heart. Okay? And if you are at the place where you're, understand, this is all about grace. You're going to be extended grace as you continue in having a, trying to have a right heart before the Lord and figuring all of this out. Nobody's saying, oh my goodness, tomorrow you have to be completely grown up and matured and perfect because we're up here trying to fix ourselves. Exactly. It's a continual walk that you have to walk out and learn and grow and mature and you get to decide how quick you're going to mature. And what she said is absolutely truth. We're all on a journey, every one of us. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at us up here that we got it all going on, well, we don't got it all going on. Let me reassure you on that one. We don't got it all going on. We have our own stuff that we deal with. Doesn't everybody? Everybody has something. Unless they're full of pride. Unless you're full, yeah. Another, go ahead. I want to bring out this scripture real quick. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. This is probably my favorite scripture of all time. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. That is heavy. That is detestable and abomination to the Lord, one who sows discord among the brethren. One who sows discord among the brethren. You get a little something, and let's just take the the communion thing again. Kim raised her hand, bright, very brave Kim. And she's like, yeah, I don't understand why we don't do communion more often in this church. Okay, let's just say that's a burr that really gets under her saddle. And she's, like, thinking about this all the time. Like, it's consuming her, okay? And then she goes to Nancy, and she's like, Nancy, I cannot believe that this church doesn't do communion more often. And then let's just say that Nancy's been kind of thinking about it, too, and she's kind of got a burr under her saddle. And she's like, you know what? You're right. I cannot believe that this church just does not honor the Lord more, more appropriately than this church and, and just go on and on. So now these two are talking, right? And then let's just say that Nancy finds Char, and she goes to Char, and she's like, I just can't believe that this church just doesn't do communion more often than this church. I just can't believe it. This is just the rudest thing ever. Do they not honor God? You, you see what I'm saying? And it snowballs. When in reality, I'm only using y'all for only examples. This really doesn't, doesn't, didn't happen with these three girls. So in reality, Kim has an irritation that she spreads to Nancy, who Nancy has an irritation who spreads to Char. And now all three of these women are all worked up over communion. When in reality, if Kim had been mature enough, would have came straight to the horse and said, why don't we do communion more in this church? And it could have been settled. But do you see how the enemy does it and how he works it up? And then the next thing you know, you walk in here and people are having this really yucky, gross attitude on them. And they're just this face and, and they're just kind of even avoiding you and stuff. And you're like, what the heck did I do? Why are they treating me like that? What's, what the heck's going on? Because of this little riffraff that was going on. I'm going to tell you, we deal with this in this church. We don't allow it to happen in this church, and we're going to close with that whenever Kendra's ready to close. We're going to close with that because it's very important. Passion Church, one thing, can I, should I do it now? Yes. What time is it? It's almost time. 
Okay, I'm going to do, do you have anything left that you need to get out? One thing with Passion Church that sets us apart, I think, from, I would say, the majority of the church body is we just don't allow this to go on. And we have to keep offenses at a minimum, or before you know it, these things snowball. And the bigger that we get, the more the more chances we're going to have to get offended. We're going to have those opportunities to get offended. And so I really, really, really want you to grab a hold of this today because this is truth, and this is going to set you free. But what we do here is if somebody comes to you with an issue and you can't fix that issue, <laughs> if Kim comes to Nancy, I can't believe they don't do communion in this church as oft more often. Can Nancy fix that issue? No. Nancy has no authority to fix that issue, right? So Kim going to Nancy, asking Nancy to fix something that Nancy has no right or has any ability to fix is wrong, okay? It's wrong. So Kim needs to come to proper people who can fix that situation, which in this case would be Pastor or I. Hey, guys, can, why do we not do communion more often? In the, I, know I'm, I know I'm wearing this out, but I'm making a point here. Why can't we do communion more often in this house? We sit down, we have a conversation. We see her point. Girl, you're right. You know, yeah, we just, we just get busy and we get, you know, off track and stuff. You're right. We do need to have communion more in this house. Simple. Nobody else was brought into that that could get offended with it, okay? And so if somebody comes to you, somebody comes to you about music, because our music is set apart from other worship. I would say worldly. I mean, in the world. I understand our worship ain't for everybody. I get that. But I'm going to tell you, last night we were in that Baptist church, and Amber brought the girls. Austin and Kel did the song Pushback. And those girls are singing to the top of their lungs this song. Amber sent me a video of these girls dancing in their pew to Pushback in a Baptist church. What nobody going to shut these little ones up. They were praising their God, and they were into it, and they were like, yes, we're pushing back. We're not letting the enemy take from us. We're pushing back. But if somebody comes to you and he complains about worship, can you fix that? No. Who's going to be the person to fix that? Austin. Only Austin can fix that. Right? If someone comes to you and they're offended or irritated with the way something happened in children's church and you go talking to other moms about it, can that fix it? No. Who's going to be able to fix it? Trisha, because she's over children's ministry. She's who you would take things to. If you can't get to any of these people, though, Pastor and I, Pastors Robin and Steve, Kinder and Christian are always available and open. These would be the main people that you could come to other than the department head. But if you can at all go to the department head to get it dealt with, that is the proper and right way to do it. Yeah, because if you come to me complaining about the worship music, <laughs> just don't. Don't. And then lastly, this is how you keep gossip down. This is how you shut it up. This is how you knock it off at the knees and say, Satan, you're not wreaking havoc in my church. You're not wreaking havoc with my family. You're not doing it. And I, I refuse to be a part of it. This is how you shut gossip up. 
If I have a problem with Cindy, again, I've given you scripture. I go to Cindy and I deal with it with me and Cindy. I know Cindy well enough to know that if I came to her with any issue that I had, that she and I would be able to get it dealt with. We would cry. We would pray. We would hug each other's necks. And we would move on as if nothing ever happened. That is proper, okay? But if I had a problem with Cindy, take away, because it's hard for me to use me because I would never do it. Um, okay, Ashley. Ashley's right behind Cindy. So if Ashley goes to Cindy with an issue or with someone in this church talking about somebody in this church, let's just use Austin because he's always a great example. If, if Ashley really is having a really hard time receiving anything from Austin because, my gosh, he gets up there and he screams half the time and I can't understand him and it looks like he's going to blow his neck veins out and all this kind of stuff and it just frustrates me and I just don't get it. Why does he have to do that? Why can't he just do more hymns? Why can't he be more, more soft about this? Why does he have to be so militant all the time? Cindy's response, this is how we do things in this church. Cindy's response would say, Ashley... Number one, I can't fix this for you. Number two, I'm giving you three days to go to Austin to get this corrected. Uh-oh. Be because if you don't, I will. This is how we keep it to a minimum in this church. But that sounds kind of, kind of rude. Too bad, so sad. We got to go where the Lord's taking us, and we ain't got time for your junk. So with that being said, does that make sense? Did I make that very clear? You have three days. If somebody brings an offense to you, you tell them you have three days to go get it right with this person or I will. Think about it. If you're a person that's given to gossip, and I'm, I'm hey, I was a big one. I was a liar. I was a drunk. I was an adulterer. I was all of these things. I was all of these things. But I'm telling you right now, this is freedom. This should let you know that you are covered in this house, that we, we honor you enough to know that the, the, the authorities in this house cover you. We honor you in this house that we won't tolerate it. We just won't. It's cancer, and cancer spreads very rapidly if it's not dealt with quickly. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm going to go back to what God has spoken. He has spoken, people from all over will come and eat from our fruit. That people from all walks of life will come in and be changed. That pastors will come and receive restoration. He's spoken schools, recording studios, TVs. He's told us that we are the gatekeepers of this community. He's spoken that he will fight for us. He's spoken people from our past would return. He's spoken big checks will be written. He's spoken of a 300-mile radius. He's spoken a whirlwind that will separate the wheat from the chaff. He's spoken a harvest. He's spoken doubt, fear, depression, depravity, and self-centeredness will be blown away. He's blowing away hindering spirits, addiction, anger, malice, and sorcery. He's spoken unnecessary businesses will drop away and necessary ones will come to light. He's spoken our region will become attractive. He's spoken we will be in a building project till he comes. He's spoken let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. He's spoken that this will be a house of hope and healing. That is God's heart on Passion Church. Amen? Again, if you are sitting here, if you are sitting here this morning 
If you are watching by, by television because you couldn't get in here today, for whatever reason, if you're here and you're hearing my voice today, you look at yourself and say, I belong here. I fit here. Shut the enemy up because he's a punk. He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all that he knows and wants to do to you. So if you're feeling that, if you're feeling that pull away, get back in the fold, get back in the culture, get back into serving your brothers and sisters, and watch what God will do. And I just want to leave you with an encouragement. You are all part of every single person in this room, people who aren't in this room watching online, people serving in the other room. You're a part of the big thing that God is doing, and he needs you in the body, filling the function he's called you to fill, even if you don't know what it is yet. See a need, meet a need, serve in this body. And if there's an area of ministry that frustrates you, put your hand to the plow there. Go serve there. Fix it. Make it better. The reason it's probably getting under your skin is because the Lord's stirring up a way in you for you to fix things that he wants or to birth things that he wants in this ministry. And only you have the gifting and the grace and the, the vision for it. And so he needs you to grab in, be a part, and help fix that problem. And you go to your pastor and say, Pastor, man, the Lord's really putting this on my heart. And pastor's going to say, go. I want my ministry workers to come forward. I want you all to stand up here. And I just want you all to close your eyes. Because I know that God's dealing with hearts in here today. I know that he is. If you're a ministry worker, please get up here. I know I've got more than Tracy. Don't sit there. That means be obedient and respond. Because people are going to respond today. If you're sitting here today and you're going, man, that was a hard word. But Pastor Colleen, I don't want to be that person I don't want to be that person that carries offense. I don't want to be that woe to you who it comes through. I want to be right and pure in my motives and my heart before the Lord. And this is for you. You might be sitting in here going, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about because this is my first experience with church at, at, at all. I don't even, this is all foreign to me, but I know I like what I'm feeling here because it feels safe. This place feels safe to me. And you've never said yes to Jesus. This moment is for you as well. If you're the one or the ones that were sitting here when the Lord gave me that hard word this morning, this is the time to get it right before you leave this house, to repent. Amen? So, Austin, I'm going to have you do some music. My, my, you all can spread out because I want people to mosey on up here. But this is a time to not be intimidated. This is your future we're talking about. This is your future. And I want you to respond. Amen. Father, I just pray right now, God, over my brothers and my sisters, Lord, that are sitting here right now, God, listening to this. Father, those that are watching online who are streaming, God, I pray over them right now, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that your anointing brings people to repentance, Father. So, Lord, I ask, God, right now that your anointing would fall in this house, in the airwaves right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now, God, that this is a safe place. This is a safe house, Father. And Lord, I ask God that today that people would respond to your warning, that they would respond to your calling them. And I thank you and I praise you for it right now, Father, in Jesus' name.